0: listening to the Worcester Observer Podcast because you have impeccable taste. Hello and welcome to the Worcester Observer Podcast. In the spirit of all the council meetings I've attended I'm going to come up with a little agenda with any other business tacked on at the end but we've got Slightly different feel to it because there's things I want to bring up and there's things I want uh, to talk about. So it might not necessarily be a lot of the review of the news of what you're going to see on WorcesterObserver.co.uk, but I hope you're going to find it interesting. First of all, there's only one place to start, and that is the latest uh, fundraising for Oscar Saxelby Lee. And I'm delighted to say, since we recorded this last Thursday, we're recording this the following Wednesday, the 2nd of October, for... £100,000 smashed, gone, smithereens, gone through it. Everyone is raising money until the cows come home, to be honest. And this is just a fantastic bit of news uh, for Oscar, for Olivia and for Jamie and for the family as a whole. And what we've tried to do, if you go on WorcesterObserver.co.uk, I've done a roundup of everything. October the 11th is Oscar Day. Schools, if you're listening... Non-uniform day, Oscar day, raise money for Oscar on October the 11th, which I believe, Claire's going to correct me, is next Friday, October the 11th? Yes, it is. Yes, it is, because next week's the 9th. So um, I think with... i think maybe yeah i think i'm right october the 11th is a friday non-uniform day one pound a person come on schools get involved if every school in worcestershire i'm broadening the appeal of the podcast now if every school in worcestershire heck if every school in the uk gets involved imagine the amount of money that could be raised then fantastic news more than 400,000 pound and fans of rugby I'm not sitting too far away from, Uh, there'll be a rugby match next Wednesday, October the 9th, between West Mercia Police and Warwickshire Police at Six Ways um, to raise funds for that. And it'll kick off at 7.30. Admission to the charity match is a £5 donation for adults and £1 for children. All the funds will go to Oscar's uh, appeal. Um, What I've also tried to do, and I'm going to apologise now to you dear listeners, dear readers, I've tried to come up with a list of fundraising events that are taking place in the next few days. I will have missed some. I apologise, it's not intentional. I just went through Facebook as quick as I could to get a list of fundraisers. If you have got one, please email me as soon as you can, editor at worcesterobserver.co.uk, and we will mention your fundraiser. It doesn't matter if it's just a car boot sale or if it doesn't matter if you're just flogging some toys anything to raise money for this wonderful little boy there's a nice uh, section in the paper and it will go on the story with just a few little nibs as we call them of some fundraising my personal favorite is the uh, tk9 dog grooming have put together a raffle visit facebook.com slash tk9 grooming uh, for more information on that it's a wonderful cause and this is a little boy who i think we can categorically say now has captured the hearts of everybody, certainly has me, has why I've just rambled on for about what seems like about 20 minutes, without actually saying a very good warm welcome to Claire who's joining me.
1: Hello. Please
0: do interrupt me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was was just impressed with all this fundraising and I can't believe they got to 400,000, that's amazing. Gone
0: all the way through already and it's just absolutely wonderful, Um, absolutely wonderful and we're getting closer to the treatment, which can just be absolutely wonderful, and I'm sure you'll all join with me in going, hoping and wishing that it's going to be a success. On the subject of little ones, that's oh. not that's a poor segue. I could do better with those segues, <laughs> but I'll do. We'll move on to it anyway. A little bit of housekeeping. It is Wednesday, the second of October. So if you visit WorcesterObserver.co.uk, you will be presented by twenty of the cutest babies. Uh, in Worcester and Malvern, they
1: are adorable. On page six of this week's paper, so these are the nought to seventeen month age group.
0: They are and indeed, and you've
1: whittled them down to these twenty. And this oh was, my I, goodness!
0: Those of you that listened last week, these are the twenty that caused myself and Andrea so much angst because we were trying to get about seventy into twenty, which anyone that does fractions will tell you that doesn't go. But please. I'm passing no judgment at all. Please believe me when I say it has been another arduous decision and I could have easily put a different 20 or probably seven or eight different combinations of the 20 and these are the what we settled on. I'm passing no judgment. They're all gorgeous and they are all, there are least, well, I think there was 70. I think the other 50 could have equally been... Included. I'm really sorry, but I will ha- do hope you vote. All the details are on Facebook. And a big shout out to Spotted in Worcester as well, because they very kindly put our link up on their page as well, so Aww. broadening the reach of...
1: I, do you know what I like about these babies? They've all got real style, because hats are coming back. I'm a big hat fan. And yes. look, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of them are sporting the kind of... What, what are these trilby kind of Tril- hats? Yes. Like We've well,
0: we got fancy the Panama hats. on a couple of them. I know
1: how cool are but these babies but they all
0: are rocking in their own different ways they're all colourful It's a. I keep saying this and I'll probably get caught out next year when we do this and I'll say the same thing again but I think this will be the most keenly contested one we've ever done because I couldn't pick a winner because they're all absolutely adorable visit co. And you'll find the link there. If Or if in any doubt, go into the search bar and search baby photo competition. It will bring you straight to it. All the details of how you vote on there, I shan't bore you with the terms and conditions because I can't do it like Claudia Winkleman does it on Strictly Come Dancing with dancers and <laughs> pyrotechnics and everything. But that's just a bit of housekeeping. I did want to get out of the way and mention it. You have until Friday, October the 18th, that's two and a half weeks from now, um, why is it a Friday because it's easy for me that the voting ends on a Friday so I haven't got to worry about the voting ending midweek uh, and also what's two days between friends uh, which you all are next week um, if you're listening to this before October the 9th it will be the turn of the 18 to 36 month olds that's not easy to say mm-hmm. Um and if I do remind myself, hopefully I will do a similar sort of programming announcement on next week's podcast to give you a, insight, to give you a push and a steer. I've already looked at my email since I've arrived back from Evesham, having been stuck on the A46. And we've already had probably about more than 150 votes already. Oh. And it's been live since 8 o'clock this morning. And as we're recording this, it's 1.35. I've,
1: I've already just picked my favourites, but I'm not allowed to vote, am I?
0: No, not really. Friends
1: and family aren't allowed to vote of the paper, are we? Oh, but well, I'm going to tell you secretly who my favourites right. are, but they're all absolutely gorgeous. What a stunning collection of kids we've got here in rugby. Or Worcester. Oh Worcester! <laughs> <laughs> you were just talking about rugby. Rugby,
0: <laughs> a rugby city, a very proud. <laughs> what Claire meant was a very pr- in this proud rugby city.
1: No, do you know what I was just reading about <laughs> the Warriors fundraising <laughs> thing or something? and I'm thinking Worcester Warriors. Oh, we, we, where am it, I? Look, it's at been you know, a long week already this, is, this week. This is
0: this is the beauty of the podcast. If you want polished, go somewhere else. <laughs> exactly, if you want natural, yeah. if you just want a bit of a laugh and a relax, come to us. You can keep your Brexit cast on the BBC. We do it properly. Oh, I've declared war on the BBC. I've got to be, I've got to be careful. Um, I just wanted to do those bits of housekeeping. Before I moved on to um, some news, I just wanted to reflect on a fabulous experience and thank publicly the University of Worcester for inviting me to their Democracy Day last Friday, uh, which was the 27th of September. I don't know why I keep referring to today. You, you're going to listen to this whenever you want to listen to it but it was last Friday at the university it was democracy day you've seen it all over Twitter and Facebook Uh, they've been prolific I didn't realise they were taking pictures of me Um, I I knew I signed a consent form to say that I was happy to but I didn't didn't see anyone actually taking a picture at the time which was bizarre but I just wouldn't reflect that it's one of the best things I've ever done
1: what were you doing you were talking to the students we were on a
0: panel Mm. Uh, it was democracy there was a big marquee imagine your wedding marquee Mm. well it was a journalism marquee if you will um Rachel Ammons the course leader who I have to say I've never met before a very very engaging lady and if she's teaching the future journalists in Worcester then Worcester will not go far wrong and indeed the observer may not go far wrong because we may be employing them who knows Mm. um and I was on a panel with it was supposed to be Andrew Easton uh, from a very well known local radio station that covers two counties in Hereford and Worcestershire, mm-hmm. and James Pearson, the political editor of said mm. um, broadcaster, uh, but Andrew Easton allegedly was stuck in um, on holiday in Crete because of the collapse of Thomas Cook
1: oh goodness. Um,
0: so it was just myself and James Pearson talking about democracy but also talking about fake news
1: Hmm.
0: now i've been on this earth a long time and i've never claimed to know everything which is the best way to do it but one thing really hit me in the face and it's really affected me and i want to talk about it now it only i only realized on friday that our generation claire myself everyone that works here at Bullivant media are very lucky because we got our training properly you know facts were facts two sides to every story make sure you're legally safe the journalists coming through now and to any of you studying i wish you well and it's a career that i've always said when we had the mailbag question a few weeks ago it's a career that you're never going to get bored of because no two days are the same but i feel sorry for those coming through now because what they've got to contend with now identifying what's a real story what's fake news and it really really has affected me and Therefore, I want to make an offer today, editor at WorcesterObserver.co.uk. If you're a journalism student, you're listening to this, and you want advice, you want to ask questions, you want to add to your knowledge from someone working in the industry, email me. Mm. I might not get back to you very quickly, but I'll get back to you and help you, because I think we now have a duty to help the new generation coming through, tackle this malaise of fake news Mm. and how it's going to affect, I mean... I happen to I revealed my belief which there are two strands to fake news. There are the criticism used by people that don't want that want to avoid being questioned, the trumps of this world. If they're asked a difficult question, it's oh well you're fake news and it's used to damage the credibility of that news brand. And there is the genuine fake news that he's been mm-hmm. pumped out. People need, in my opinion, we all need just press the reset button. Accept it's there because you're never going It's never gonna go away because the internet is ungovernable. I don't think you can govern the internet without having some state control. But you need to view it through the prism. So if there is news out there, where's it being reported elsewhere? Ask yourself this: If I'm seeing news, is anyone else reporting it? If no one else is reporting it, could it be that it might not be true? Mm. But if it is being reported. Look at the people reporting it. If it's a very left-leaning website reporting it, view it through the prism of what they're going to see. They're going to report it from the left, whereas we report it from the centre. It's just something that affected me a little bit. I
1: think so many journalists, and I'm doing air quotes here because so many of them aren't properly trained i've got friends who work for some of the red top papers you know and they're writing front page stories and they've never got a qualification in journalism they've never you know they are just good at getting celebrity gossip and i think a lot of it has trickled down from this celebrity Mm. gossip i know friends of mine who they'll make up a story and ask said celebrity for a quote and then it'll be said celebrity says no I never did that and that's their story then it's so it's it's um Katie Price denies doing this that will be that's Mm. how they go it's Mm. fishing for these fake stories and they'll put it out there and I think it's it's trickled down and we've seen that in that whole celebrity world for a long long time now and now it's coming into the proper normal news world and I just it's horrific you're totally right it's Horrendous and it's horrific, and none of us can um, trust anything we're reading now in the national press sometimes, can we? It's, th- it's,
0: it's very difficult, because I think you've, you've got to exercise a critical judgment. I mean, I believe in what we do. You know, we as a company... We, as journalists...
1: Local news is very different. Local news is very trustworthy. We're the number one but, trusted source in the country, according get, to all the... But
0: we get tarred, don't we? Yeah,
1: because we're press. I mean,
0: I've, I've lost count the amount of people... I mean, there's a contact who is still a contact, so I won't name him, but he used to carry on a joke that saying, oh, got any good stories, hacked anybody's phones... And he thought he was being funny, and he thought because that's my sense of humour. Because away from the microphone, I do have, I can have a bit of a weird sense of humour. But I took right offence at it. It was just like, no, don't tar everybody with that brush.
1: No, yeah.
0: You know, you get your journal and part of the questions that were asked: How do you get your stories? Do you know? Is it right that you build a relationship with politicians? And it is. And I'd say to you now, if you're listening, don't be afraid to build a relationship with a politician. But also remember that they need you more than you need them. Mm. Because if they're not in the press, they're not getting noted, they're not getting voted.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: But don't be afraid. This I fear that we're going to go too far in regulation and we're going to prevent journalists like me, my counterparts on the Nationals, not being able to have Sort of nudge, nudge, wink, wink conversations.
1: I wish, I wish journalists who had the proper qualifications and things had a proper title that was in the their name. You know, like a doctor. You know, yeah. a doctor is a doctor, and you can trust yeah. and they can give medical advice. I wish anything we read had some sort of like verification that we could say, right, yep, they're trained, they well, know
0: the Twitter blue tick. Yes,
1: exactly. a, a <laughs> okay. variation because of it, that. Yeah.
0: But I just want to say publicly, I was very, very honoured. I'd never done anything like that before—a little panel discussion—and then, and we got about twenty or so people.
1: And what were they kind of asking you then?
0: Well, it was Rachel was leading the discussion. It was fake news. How do we interpret it? Um, building relationships with various people. How do you identify a story? How would you go about putting stories together? So it was very, very informative. I mean, it was—it was aimed at journalists journalism students that were in probably year two, year three, Uh, and I'm hoping to go to the university in the future and talk to some of the students as well.
1: But it is very hard. Have you ever seen, there's a really good documentary, and I can't remember what it's called, but it's all about kind of fake news, and they show these American um, soldiers, and it's a filmed camera, and it's um, these American sh- soldiers are grabbing these kids in mm. some, you know... Uh,
0: War zone. Yeah, Iraq
1: yeah. or somewhere. And they it looks as though they're, like, throwing them against this kind of wall, and it looks horrific. Um, and I was up in arms when I saw it, and then you see the camera goes back, and they're actually... Taking them out the fire line of mm. these they're actually saving yeah. them but it's, it's kind of like it's, you, what, can be manipulated. it's, it's what you see and, and you see it with your own eyes and you're thinking, oh my goodness are these but then you see what they're actually doing and that's kind of like news as well at the moment isn't it yeah. You just you, It's you getting know. the whole picture and it's so difficult.
0: And that's what came up you know a controversial story how would you deal with it and James I have to give great credit to James Pearson because he was the first one to actually say it and I agree with him entirely. it's the two source approach. If you get something controversial, you need, two in, you need to chase, as much as you can, two independent sources.
1: So if you get something from Conservatives, then you ask the Labour... Not,
0: not necessarily if there's some allegation of wrongdoing and someone says, so-and-so has done this. Well, you need person A to say that and person B to go... That doesn't know person A, but go oh yes I've seen that too Right. for example an owner of a business or something like that Mm -hmm. I'm being very careful not to involve any sort of legal discussion Mm. Uh, but the two source approach always works if you get something you know that's going to be a bit mm, Mm. try and find two sources that would be the best advice but as I said I'm hoping to go into the university and speak to the students it was a wonderful experience and particularly like to thank Rachel Ammons the course leader, and everyone at the University of Worcester who invited me and in. It was a wonderful experience. And I, No, don't do it again. Well done, yeah. Often like the sound of my own voice, <laughs> so I have been told. Um, there was something else in my mind I wanted to... No, I think that's everything I wanted to do, sort of off-piste. off piece. No, we're not skiing. We're talking about a newspaper. I've been sitting in traffic on the A46 on... I've been having to sort of watch as my speedometer just didn't do anything Uh um, for a while. One thing I do want to draw attention to, and I'm glad we've put this on the front, a sporty Worcester teenager who's been waiting for a heart transplant for more than a year has launched a plea for help to get more people talking about organ donation. This is Anna Hadley, 14, a teenager, as I said, from the city, and her case was highlighted to mark World Heart Day which was on last Sunday, September the 29th, and the hope families are going to talk more about organ donation because I never knew. I always had the impression that the organs would shrink when they were transplanted into people. I know, obviously, you can't put an adult organ into a, a young child, but I thought once you do teenagers, it would shrink to fit. But no, apparently, until a certain age, it needed age-specific oh. organs and the weight for uh, children for organ transplants is a lot longer than adults. Uh, there are 192 children in the UK waiting for an organ transplant. 42 need a new heart. Oh,
1: my goodness. But as of next year, everyone's going to be on the register, aren't yes. they? Yes. So it's an opt-out if you it's, don't you want to. You have to opt out now. I love that. I love that that's funny, I, d- I do.
0: I think it's very proactive. But the reason why I've put it on the front, um, because it actually set a dilemma off in me, because I'll be honest with you, I haven't decided what i will do because... I think we spoke about it on the podcast a few weeks ago, so I won't go too much into detail. But I find it imma- immensely emotional to talk about, mm. and I just think how oh, Anna's wait for a transplant it must be deeply emotional too for her parents to be told your child needs a new organ of any sort at a young age would devastate me as a father to be told it's her heart. I mean,
1: mm.
0: I I, co- I couldn't put that into words. I'm I i do I'm not going to lecture anybody. Everyone is their own person, and I'm sure there's people out there very much like me that find it very emotional either way.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, So I'm not going to lecture anybody. I haven't decided what I'm going to do when the law changes in the spring, but stories like Anna's do make you think a lot about the future, and I must admit, last night I proofread it before I sent it to our sub-editors for it to be laid out on the front, and I did think to myself... What's the point? If I was... I mean, touch wood, I'm going to tap it quietly so we don't make a sound. Uh, but touch wood, I've got many years shuffling around, left in me yet. But if I do go, what's the point taking everything with me and a if it could save one, two, exactly. three eight, lives? Exactly, eight
1: people. The average healthy adult, if they sadly pass away and they get the organs in time, can save up to eight people, apparently. Isn't that, isn't uh, it, that it's, brilliant? Uh, Mm-hmm. It
0: staggers me reading more, going slightly back to Oscar, what medicine is capable of derived from the human body. Without before we even start talking about drugs, we are we are we are great at times human beings. We do we do find out the most novel and th- brilliant things to do. But if I give you the website www.organdonation.nhs.uk have a read of the website. It's I've been on it myself, I'll verify it for you. It's not pushing either way, it's full of information. Go and have a read and have a think about it, and hopefully Anna's story will inspire you in the same way that it inspired and me. And did you
1: actually meet this girl? In no, this I haven't, met, oh, her, haven't no, met her, no, sadly. She's just...
0: But it was sent through, as a, sent through to us by um, the organ donation people. And it's, it's a wonderful story. It's going up online, I think, tomorrow or Friday, uh, as we're recording this on the Wednesday. Do read the story there, because for 14... Um, and if Anna, if you are listening to this, you speak very, very, very well for a 14 year old um, and speaks so passionately without being overbearing, you know, but you get a real insight of how Anna's life has changed because of her heart condition, which I'm not going to attempt to pronounce uh, because it's one of those medical conditions that has got as many vowels in it as uh, you could wish for.
1: Oh bless her. I really hope it works out for her.
0: I'm going to negate the sport this week not a lot that I really want to talk about I just want to end with just one short nib and to wish Ashley Gormley who is a bereavement support midwife at the Worcestershire Royal all the very best as she's been nominated for midwife of the year in the Butterfly Awards which deal with um, bereavement support offered to mums who have lost their ba- mums and dads who have lost their babies Ashley um, works at the Worcestershire Royal as I said she's been nominated by a local mum her name's in the paper, I think, because this is more digital and more broadcast, I'm going to keep the mum's name off the podcast, if that's OK with everybody, because she's consented for her name to go into the press. And if you want to read the story, her name's there. But I I don't know. I don't know whether I'm doing the right thing, but I just think given an element of privacy... Um, ..and I think everybody that works in medicine is an angel, but I think to do a job, any well, any midwife equally is up there... Uh, but to be a bereavement support with Midworth, they are the epitome of the guardian angels at what must be an awful, awful time if it ever happens. And l- hopefully, it may not happen to as many people in the future if technology and science moves forward. But if you want to find out more, it's finleys with an E, so F I N L E S foot, Y footprints dot com forward slash Ashley, A S H L E A capital G. And you can vote for Ashley to win in the Butterfly Awards. The winners will be announced at the ceremony Saturday, October the 19th. Good luck, Ashley, uh, for that. Anyway, that will bring us to an end, I think. I've better get on with doing some Evesham and probably write about the traffic that I was stuck into, but not before we wrap up with Claire's What's On Worcester roundup. For all the things to do and see this week, it's Claire Bullivant with this week's Sports On Guide.
1: Thanks, Rob. Yes, here are some of my topics of things to see and do over the coming week here in Worcester and Malvern. For the full list, do check out this week's Observer or look on our website, WorcesterObserver.co.uk. This weekend, there's the big annual Malvern Caravan Show going on at the Three Counties Showground. That's on until Sunday and is one of the most visited and talked about shows of its kind in Europe, apparently. So if you're into your caravans, definitely check that out. Also, this this weekend, we're in October now. So what does that mean? Yes, it means Oktoberfest events are happening all over the place. One such event we've just been told about this weekend is Oktoberfest at the Bluebell Inn in Melbourne. So get your lederhosen on and go grab some beer starting this weekend over in Malvern. Also this weekend on Saturday, the 5th of October, as always, we've got loads of live music going on all over the place. As I said, do check out our paper and the website for a full list of details. But a couple that I want to check out, Sam's Town, the brilliant Killers tribute band. They're going to be performing on Saturday at the Mars Bar in Worcester. I think the Killers are probably my favourite band ever. And I've seen them seven, eight times live. And I recently caught Sam's Town, the tribute recently, and I've was really impressed. You never can tell if you're a real big fan of the original and then you see the tribute. You Sometimes you're disappointed. I promise you I wasn't. They're really, really a great tribute band. Definitely check them out. I'll be there and I can't wait Saturday night at the Mars Bar. Also on Saturday over at Paradiddles, they've got a great line-up there. The Tyler Macy Trio, Liz Pierman, Hannah Law, they're all going to be performing there. Also at Archway 49, the Worcester Brewing Company, they've got some fun bands going on on Saturday night there. The Ooze, I haven't actually seen the Ooze before, but I've been hearing great things about them. And also The Lost Path, they're going to be performing. And if you're after something different, perhaps some comedy on Saturday night. John Robbins is on at Huntington Hall um, with his hot shame show john is an edinburgh comedy award winner he won in 2017 you'll have seen him on things like live at the apollo mock the week he was on eight out of ten cats does countdown he's a very funny man and he says of this show you can expect soul-bearing self-lacerating piping hot shame sounds quite ominous doesn't it but apparently it's very funny and it's going to be a great night so get your tickets from worcester live if you want to go to that Another couple of top picks for you coming up to put in your diary are on Tuesday, the 8th of October. It's Fairport Convention, who will be on at Huntington Hall. These guys have been making great music for over 50 years now. They recently won a coveted BBC Lifetime Achievement Award. Radio 2 listeners voted their album Legion Leaf the most influential folk album of all time. And to be honest, they're just brilliant. It's going to be a fantastic show. Get your tickets on Worcester Live. That's for Tuesday, the 8th of October. And also on the 8th and also 9th of October, one for the kids, Dear Zoo, the timeless children's classic book will be on at Malvern Theatres in Malvern. Yes, Rod Campbell's best-selling Lift the Flat book has delighted generations of young readers since it was first published in 1982 and it's sold more than 8 million copies worldwide. This production will delight all those who've read the book, both young and old, as it unfolds with child-engaging puppets, music and lots of audience interaction. Get your tickets for the 8th and 9th and um, see what the zoo has sent, the perfect pet in the end. If you've read the book, you'll know what I'm talking about. And that ends our topics for this week if you have an event going on do let us know so we can let everyone know and have a wonderful week back to you rob
0: And that's it. Thank you to Claire for a brilliant What's On Worcester Roundup. i am never staggered at the the amount of events that are going on in the city because it's a packed city with a vibrant music scene. But until next week, do vote in our baby competition, worcesterobserver.co.uk. Do email me with anything about the podcast, any news, anything at all, if you just want to chat, editor at worcesterobserver.co.uk. But until next week, I think we're done here. (laughs) Bye-bye.